Welcome to the Shadow Things Podcast. So, sex and rockets, right? <laughs> so, today we're talking about Jack Parsons, JPL, Crowley, and all that good jazz. And we got Kurt Ehaas, my good friend, in the studio, actually in-house. Say hello, Kurt. Hello. How's everybody doing? Listen to that Barry White voice. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he actually goes, yeah, but it sounds good. It might be... Okay. relevant to this show you know oh, sex and Barry. rockets and very white well there's always love and rockets too that's that, another that's you know, band <laughs> yeah so today we're talking about the mysterious jack parsons so kurt is going to lay it on the line and deliver a little bit of info about who jack parsons is and i'll admittedly just say it up front before kurt and i talked we we had a breakfast a while ago and i never heard of jack parsons yeah well a lot of people haven't and it blew your mind like you're you're a <laughs> ufo guy and you've never heard of right jack parsons. well you know you know when you're talking about space and and space science and it, it really he's he's a very forgotten person and i believe it was kind of intentional by our government um because of being involved in uh, basically a sex cult um right they stripped him of his uh clearance uh, which then forced him to leave JPL. Um, then he just went back to making explosives and things for chemical factories. and uh, <laughs> Just keep uh, on keeping on. Well, yeah, I mean, it, the it, he got started pretty much when he was 15. He lived in Pasadena, California at the time. He, he, was, he was the child of actually some very wealthy Bostonians, and um, his father... Right. His father didn't get along with either his parents or his in-laws, either ones. So, and, and didn't they name him Marvel? Well, his father's name was Marvel. Marvel. So that's kind of a wealthy name. Yeah. Well, back then, you know, you're talking uh, 1914. So people were a little more creative with their names back yeah. then. You know, yeah. rather than just John, yeah, George, Bob, Bill, you know, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Brent's still more rare than Bill. That's true. Um, so. Uh, his fam- his mother and father, at, right after he was born, moved out to California to get away from their families. His mom didn't really want to get away from her family. Um, and after being out there for a little while, uh, Marvel, Jack's father, mm-hmm. um, started sleeping around. Um, he, you know, Papa was a rolling stone, so... <laughs> um, and I, I suppose the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It either. doesn't sound like it. Um, but uh, mom kicked Marvel out, and <laughs> then she just started calling Jack Jack because she didn't want to be reminded of Marvel. 
and so it became Jeff. Wow. Um, Interesting. So really, his legal name was Marvel. Uh, I actually saw a, a podcast that was talking about him um, the other day. And one of the other things about Jack, besides just being a, a rocket scientist genius, right. um, he also delved into philosophy, not just religion. Um, I'm in the process of reading a book that he wrote called uh, Freedom is a Double-Edged Sword. Okay. Um, and it's probably one of the uh, early 1900s, well, it wasn't written in the early 1900s, probably mid mid-1900s, mid-century, um, one of the first real libertarian um, mm. philosophical books. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot, a lot of that uh, congressional hearings were going on. People were being thrown out of Hollywood. Um, he wow. mentions that kind of a little bit, the, the uh, Senate hearings and things in now, the book. Whose book is this? Jack Parsons. Parsons, okay. Yeah, freedom is a double-edged sword. We're going to have to check that on uh, Amazon. Uh, I'll check it. it. Yeah, if you can find an actual hard copy of it, it will run you about 500 bucks. Yeah, I'm going to check in the paperback section. <laughs> <laughs> the Kendall. <laughs> get, over, get over to uh, Half Price Books. Oh, man, they got some great stuff there. But yeah. they'll probably you know, decide to charge you 500 bucks for it too but you can find it free online yeah yeah i'll have to check it out for sure um so anyway um uh the podcast that i was watching had said that his security clearance had been stripped because he had been a communist Mm -hmm. which is the furthest thing from the truth right i mean this man was not at all a socialist or a communist he, he was very much into human freedom um so anyway we, we've digressed and gone on a totally different path we started okay. talking when he was yeah. young and uh, when he was 15 he started experimenting with black powder and uh various different containers to see what kind of uh, uh what why do you suppose he had an interest in that kind of chemistry uh I, to begin with when when he was a little bit younger than that, he started reading things. That, you know, back in in the twenties and thirties and early forties, there were a lot of uh, sci-fi, weird tales, yeah, uh, strange the good tales. That you know, H.P. Lovecraft, right. and then all all the different sci-fi. Uh, his mom, when he was very young, had introduced him to H.G. Uh, Wells. Mm-hmm. So. You know, H.G. Wells, Jules Verne, you've got, right. you know, all all these, you know, early sci-fi writers uh, talking about traveling to the moon, sure. digging down into the earth. And right, right. The thing that really kicked him was he could look up and he'd see the moon. So it became his dream to put man in the stars. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, he, so he goes on to build the machines that do that. Right. He starts experimenting, though, with black powder. Right. <laughs> Seeing what like, kinds of explosions, like Guy Fawkes, uh, yeah, <laughs> what, what kind of explosions uh, and thrust he can get right. in a tin can from black powder. Tin can. Uh, honestly, I mean, fifteen years old. What? What? Yeah. What can you get your what hands can on? You, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and one of his high school friends um, and him start doing this, mm-hmm. and then they both go to Caltech. Mm-hmm. This sounds so like. Bob Lazar. You're talking about rocket engines 
Caltech, which he claimed to have went to. Well, then, Jack Parsons actually went there. This but is then dropped out because they, he, his parents had gotten divorced and he couldn't afford. Plus, with the oh. uh, depression, they couldn't afford to continue his yeah, education. At yeah. And so, for the audience, when we, we talk Jack Parsons, what time period are we talking about? He was born in 1914. Okay. So it would have been. Uh, it would have been. It would have been during the depression that he was in college. Gotcha. So he'd be like 125 to 35 right now <laughs> maybe he's still alive now no, i don't know no, anything no, about no, his no, death no, no 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 i heard something about it being gruesome and we can get there but i don't oh, know anything yeah, well, about what happened to mr parsons we'll get there because it's very important okay. uh, in the story of jack parsons and whether or not he blew himself up accidentally or if somebody whacked him sweet um jimmy hoffard uh so he drops out of caltech um he works for a couple of construction company suppliers that supply explosive materials okay. for uh, because chemical engineering is what he really was into. Right. Um, so he goes to work making explosives for demolitions for construction companies. Okay. Um, but he can he continues to play around with his his friends that he met at Caltech, mm-hmm. and they they end up forming this little club that everybody refers to as the Suicide Squad. Okay. Because these guys would go out in the, into the desert, into canyons, and blow shit up. Right. Almost themselves, probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so people were afraid that that's what these guys yeah. would do. Okay. And these guys are actually the guys that founded Jet Propulsion's lab. So the the members of the Suicide Squad all kind of co-founded JPL. Correct. That is so bizarre. That is creepy. So... All the all the while that all this stuff is going on, a founded JPL, uh, Jack Parsons, uh, through money and, and, and working, he buys a house in Pasadena. Did Jack Parsons have mommy daddy money, or did he have his own money? He earned some of his own money, but his grandfather died, and he inherited some mommy money. Gotcha. He didn't have any daddy money because daddy's family went completely broke. Oh, okay. And he, he never saw his father again after his mom kicked daddy out while wow. playing around. So, um, <laughs> From being Parsonsy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jack buys this house in Pasadena. Right. I've and heard about that. Yeah. When, he, when he's living there in this house in Pasadena, he also starts studying um, Hebrew Kabbalah, uh ancient mysticisms of different kinds and he ends up falling onto the ordo templi orientalis okay which is the group run by alistair crowley oh and he starts a correspondence with crowley how how long before he found crowley or the the organization did crowley run his cult uh crowley um so the OTO, I'm not 100% sure on a date of founding of the OTO, probably somewhere around 1914-ish when, Same. when okay. Jack Parsons was born. Gotcha. Um, so Crowley is older at that time than Parsons? Crowley's much older. Much older. Yes. Okay. Uh, Crowley spent time in Egypt in the er- early 1900s. Uh, wow. Slept in the Great Pyramid overnight, uh, I believe, in 1904. So... 
you know, we're we're talking somebody who's significantly older. Significantly, yeah. Uh, Crowley died in his seventies, I believe, and that was nineteen forty-seven. Okay. So, right. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jack Parsons didn't much outlive him, and was only thirty-seven mm-hmm. when he died. Right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so he finds. Crowley in the OTO, right? Correct. What happens? How does he um, become involved? So, at the time, Crowley had very few followers or uh, members of the OTO in the United States. Mm-hmm. And Jack was very enthusiastic, especially um, considering the, uh, at the time, the, the great right that uh, Crowley espoused was meant to do magical workings. Um, and in order to do those magical workings, you had to get to the uh, best release of your spiritual energy. Mm-hmm. And Crowley espoused that that was done by orgasm. Really? So this guy had one particular mindset from the get-go when he came up with his stuff. Crowley... He wanted to get off. I don't know, because <laughs> there, there are times that I think that Crowley was also a clown. Um, some of the stuff, I think, uh, is almost satire. Um, he hmm. didn't really respect organized religion, but then he founds an organized religion. <laughs> um, right. He People call him crazy, but he was kind of just one of those guys that was just too smart. And because he was too smart, it made him seem crazy. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's plenty of those people. Well, and, and Jack Parsons falls into that group yes. of people who who is a mad genius. Right. You know. Obviously. Right. Yeah. So um, Parsons, after meeting Crowley, uh, he becomes an initiate. He works. He, he works his workings with with. Uh, uh, I guess by correspondence at the time, because there really wasn't anybody that could check, not in California at the time. And eventually, he he becomes, to some way, the California head of the OTO, though the modern OTO does not accept that. Really? <laughs> right. Okay. They so will not the OT- mention him as, as a head of the OTO at all. Do they... Um do they admit that he was part of it? I and to some degree. I, I'm or? not sure. That's interesting. So the OTO still is a thing, right? Oh yes, yeah. They've got uh, lodges all through California, wow. all over the United States, actually. And not to get off on this other avenue, but L. Ron Hubbard was uh, well, was a we'll, branch we'll, off of that. We're we'll, we're going to get there talking yeah. about Jack Parsons. Awesome. So Jack, creepy fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> in Pasadena, he has this house yeah. that he starts calling the, the parsonage. parsonage, right? And he has um, the Partridge family wasn't there, though, no, right? Parson, right. like the parson, and a parsonage, like right. you know where where the minister of your church lives is the gotcha. parsonage. Yep, yep. So he starts calling this place the parsonage, and he starts having uh, great rite rituals there and right. inviting all kinds of people, actresses, right. actors, politicians. Uh, it, it's really quite a huge social spot, and it's basically eyes wide shut sex party yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. Wow. wonder if that's where Stanley Kubrick got the idea from 
I, I wonder that too because the the whole eyes wide shut thing kind of you pretty know, familiar yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, throughout the the period that he's having these parties this uh, half wit not really good sci-fi writer mm-hmm. uh, shows up at one of the parties and they get talking and they Ray have Bradbury no no L Ron I, Hubbard oh Hubbard I've heard Bradbury's name in this mix too really? I don't I've know why but maybe I'm wrong but so Hubbard yes L Ron Hubbard gotcha. shows up on the scene and they get talking and they have some similar ideas they grew up reading the same you know strange tales yeah. weird tales books and uh so they have some common interests there and so parsons basically hands him the king, keys to the kingdom he can come and go as he pleases at the parsonage he can slot he can he can uh, just hang out there yeah uh what do you call it uh squat there squat yeah um so l ron hubbard um meets uh jack parsons sister-in-law mm-hmm. and uh they i guess you could say they fall in love or lust or whatever yeah uh they take off for florida uh a year or so later uh l ron hubbard asks jack parsons for a loan of twenty five thousand dollars really because he wants to start a boat building business okay in florida in florida clearwater yes how'd i guess (laughs) well it's actually the the money went to start building boats Mm -hmm. and those boats most some of those boats still exist today because they're part of sea org no shit yes is that where the name sea org came from yes okay okay so basically jack parsons money founded scientology gotcha yeah i kind of got that last night from my my listening to another podcast that's so interesting wow and l ron hubbard never paid the twenty five thousand dollar loan back really Wow. And then kind of on the same topic, but a different avenue, Parsons also bankrolled Crowley, correct? Didn't he Didn't he send a lot of money overseas? I, I'm sure he probably sent some money, which Alistair probably flushed down the toilet buying heroin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's honestly, even though he was 70, which is is fairly old, for 1947 he was in his 70s he 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 died mostly because of liver failure caught brought on because of his heroin addiction yeah wow that's kind of where ozzy's at right now you know he's i don't know he's still getting along but you can tell he's had a lot of i don't rock and roll days yeah yeah Yeah. road hard put away wet yes um the sad thing is Ozzy is more intelligible than other people we see on our TV every day. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> He's got that show where he basically shoots down everything as ball lightning on the <laughs> Osbournes want to believe. It's it's a great show, but... Oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, they, they debunk everything, which is why I love it. Well, and I'm, I'm sure some listeners are going, he keeps calling him Alistair Crowley, not Crowley. Crowley. I hear both. Now, which one is it? Alistair would have told you, my name is Crowley. That's what I've heard. It rhymes with holy. No shit. And wow. So the animal, a crow. Crow. C R O W. Right. Crow. Yeah. It's not crow. It's, it's not, not a crow. Did he spell it like crow? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, C R O W L E Y. Yeah. Crowley. Now, up until I started looking more into Crowley, I called him Alistair Crowley. Well, and it's yeah. it's mostly because of Ozzy Osbourne's song, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just it, it's a mispronunciation. Crowley would not have been happy right. that there was a song about him that mispronounced his name. I, I wouldn't want to make him unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I, I think I, he was just kind of goofy. Yeah. It sounds like it. Now, back to Parsons. So Parsons met Hubbard. Now, was Parsons directly involved with Scientology? No, not at all. Not at all. He just it, kind of floated the initial bootstrapping of, yeah, for boats that which became never, Sea Orc. Which never was paid back. Wow. Well, I think, uh, I think, who's the guy that had Scientology now? I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, uh, he hasn't probably bought a, a cup of coffee in decades, so. It, right. Well, somebody needs to pay the estate back, oh, the yeah. Parsons estate. Yeah, but I don't know who you'd be paying, except the state of California, maybe. Well, they can fucking pay me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do something good with it. Yeah. Um, so he never was involved with Scientology. So so back, so back. you're at the, the Parsonage, right? Correct. In Pasadena, California, and you got all these sex parties and Hollywood elites and everybody's mingling in mission or mangling what what happens at the parsonage besides that is it just the eyes wide shut headquarters pretty much eyes wide shut headquarters it's where he lives so Uh, did did crowley crowley never came to the united states at least not that was my down the road question so he stayed and was it i don't know if I, yeah, well, um, Scotland, I okay. mean, it, all over the British Isles, um, Italy at, at a point, he lived in Italy in exile for, or as an expatriate, whichever you want to call it, mm-hmm. for, uh, I think, a decade. Wow. Um, and, you know, it's one of those weird things because diff- governments go through different weird channels. And yeah. um, with sexual morality... It depends on whatever government's in charge at the time, what they consider to be immoral behavior, and and it's it's what ended Jack's uh, uh, tenure with JPL. JPL. Was he got his security clearance stripped from him because the FBI had a problem with his sex parties. Now, J. Edgar Hoover, particularly, who I'm sorry, but J. Edgar Hoover, if you know anything about J. Edgar Hoover. Um, nowadays, and the things that we find out modern-wise, history-wise, had no business questioning other people's sexual morals. <laughs> that could be a whole other show. Yeah, it definitely could. Wow. So, now, JPL, what, this might be a stupid question, but did did NASA, was NASA connected to JPL at the time, or? I don't believe at the time NASA existed yet. Existed. That was kind of where I was going. It, did it predate it? Yeah. It sounded like it. Yeah. Uh, Very believe, much so, I, probably. I believe JPL was founded either right before World War II or right after. Okay. I, I don't know the date for sure on JPL's founding. Gotcha. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they stripped Jack Parsons of his security clearance. He can no longer work at JPL. Um, so he goes back to, to working in the uh, chemical explosives uh, mm-hmm. industry for a little bit. Um, and actually what causes his death is that he picks up odd jobs working for Hollywood productions, making explosives for for movies. Okay. And um, the story 
the the accepted narrative <laughs> let's use a modern term the yeah. accepted narrative is that he was being rushed by a hollywood production to get some explosives uh completed so that they could film some scenes so it, by this time he's already also lost the parsonage he's got he's living in another another location still in pasadena area uh, wow. but he has lost the parsonage because losing all of his money sure. from jpl yeah, and yeah. uh wow so he's living in uh another building which he bought and he's got renters that are there okay. uh i believe it was uh like a four unit uh so he's a building. landlord yeah so yeah. he's a landlord but could you imagine paying that guy like please don't kick me out <laughs> right yeah wow uh, please don't sacrifice me to Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't blow me up and don't throw me into a microwave. Which, which is funny because uh, one of his tenants actually, uh, in a newspaper account, when they were being interviewed after after the explosion which kills him, mm-hmm. the the tenant had seen him with a box, and said, "Don't blow yourself up." No way. Yeah. How how ironic. Wow. Uh, but the. So the narrative is that uh, he's working on these explosives quickly and carelessly. He knocks something off of his uh, lab table. It hits the floor, explodes, blows his face off. Like literally his face. Oh, yeah. Like mangled. Like wow. half half the face is like missing. Right. Uh, he lingers for about five hours. They, they actually get him to the hospital. Are there photographs of this? Um, we could put them up on the Shadow Things video. <laughs> I'll have to look and see if there are any pictures. I'd but, be tempted uh, to do that. Uh, I know that there that people have made drawings. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I've seen some drawings of what people think it would have looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what kind of explosive? Not that it really matters, but... Just no idea. Probably something that could be used on a set probably low grade explosives but it was enough to end his life yeah um wow. and, and it didn't blow the whole building up right just his unit right so it wasn't a high powered explosive but it was enough to kill him and so it was an accident it wasn't sabotage well, that's the narrative oh that's the the accepted narrative so now, this is the yeah big a big uh there's a difference between a narrative and fact correct and there's a lot of people who were associated especially in jet propulsion's lab with jack parsons that could not believe that this accident had happened because he was so meticulous and so careful when he worked with chemicals and explosives that they don't believe for a second that he would have been careless enough to blow himself up where would motive be to take out parsons uh you can't have the father of rocketry uh, disgraced the way he was. Oh my you? God! Heading, heading. We're talking 1951. I never in thought a about decade, that. A decade. JFK challenges us to be on the moon within right. another decade. Right. We're talking 20 years before we land on the moon. This happens. Wow, man, that is spooky. And you can't have the guy who put us there that had patents on the chemicals. Yeah. Uh, that put us there. Patents on processes. Solid rocket boosters. So- solid rocket right. boosters. You can't have that guy be disgraced the way he was by the FBI and our government. Right. 
and I mean, somebody's going to say, "Well, who put you know who put us on the moon?" And if the guy's yeah. still alive and hanging <laughs> around, they're going to go that that, the, that guy over there. But don't talk about yeah. him, right? We don't right. want to talk about this guy. That's a great point. So it was a blemish. He had such an important role, but you couldn't celebrate that at the end of the day, right? If you're the government, absolutely. So not. maybe a uh, theory or. Another part of the narrative could be on the conspiracy side that the government took out Jack Parsons. There's a lot of people who believe that the government whacked him. Yeah. Are there? Do you know if there are any documents online that exist about um, in, you know information that was pulled from FOIA requests? Can you? It's a government agency. I well, FOIA did not exist. Well, I don't. If the records are retroactive before. Yeah, but you know that no matter how much FOIA you you throw around. There's stuff that's classified that will yeah. never be unclassified. But Jack Parsonsy type stuff, do you think, if they were... I bet that if you sent in a FOIA request with anything dealing with Jack Parsons, so let's say you do a FOIA request... Yeah, which we may do. ...with a subject like Jack Parsons, you're looking for anything Jack Parsons, that material would be so redacted that it'll say Jack Parsons, Pasadena, JPL, yeah. Jack Parsons... JPL black Jack line Parsons. black line right. black line which tells me that there's a problem that's I mean why are you redacting well as as a as a conspiracy theorist yeah I yeah mean, well what what other way can you look at it I mean you got uh, a private that the government has private information chemical formulas or, or whatever that they don't want to uh, I guess that's true even 19 mid 1900s technology would still be classified I'm going to do I, a FOIA request uh, I would think that that, that uh, you'd find there's stuff that even <laughs> even is still classified as far back as oh probably I wouldn't I wouldn't say the Civil War but uh, well, you're World still War One for wow. sure but there's probably classified information from World War One still I could that, imagine that yeah you know because oh. we had the government bureaucracy in existence enough by by World War One, that uh, those are the people who are really protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. It's the administrators, the 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 unconstitutional administrative code people. That's a good label. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. so you have all these government agencies: the FBI, right. EPA, uh, DEA. All these uh, that they're extra constitutional. So you know, our country. There's nowhere in the Constitution that mentions a drug enforcement agency as part right. of the executive branch. Right. So it's extra constitutional. Well, they get all their power and authority by Congress passing laws that say, we're not going to get into how much uh, marijuana is illegal to have in your possession. Mm -hmm. We're going to let the administrative branch decide that. So they come up with these things called administrative codes. Right. Uh, EPA is the same way. Uh, Congress, you know, Congress is made up of mostly lawyers. Mm -hmm. uh, they yeah, don't they don't have sure. environmental science degrees or science degrees right. and things. So when they go to pass a law on the environment, they're lawmakers. They go to pass a law on the environment. They go, we're going to let the EPA tell us tell you what's bad. So we're giving them the power to tell you what's bad. Well, hmm. they have no right to give anyone the power that they have constitutionally. Congress is supposed to do that. But now we're digressing again and going off on a tangent. Yeah, because but I could go on for hours about that. <laughs> it's good stuff, though. Uh, and actually, in, in Freedom is a Double-Edged Sword, it's one of the things that, that 
Jack Parsons talks about is all the bureaucracy and extra, uh, extra constitutionalism within our country. Wow, that guy was all over the place. So going back to Parsons and his death and the and the theory that the government might have had something to do with his quote unquote accident. Is there any working theories outside the government, like maybe the 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 Crowley bunch or anybody in weird Hollywood? may have taken him out for some reason i haven't heard any of that i mean i conspiracy theories are you know a dime a dozen i mean yeah i mean now now somebody listening to this program is going to start investigating yeah and it's going to be the new conspiracy theory about jack parsons there's a link to oto killed him yeah uh no I, i i really doubt that the oto killed him um i i've met and have known some people in the oto over the years and what the fuck um, they're, they're, they're not going to go and murder somebody. <laughs> the, <laughs> not they, even Parsons. N- no, no. So Parsons was kind of a, he was, a, he's weird, right? Like a, a brilliant. Yeah. Mad scientist. Mad scientist. But absolutely. But maybe not evil. No, I don't, I don't think well, there's how, an evil bone in his body. Let's talk about this real quick. So I know Crowley would talk about super black magic and people that do ultra black magic it depends on what you're you're you mean by black magic i don't know how black you can get you know what i mean like you you see the yin and the yang of it the light and the dark but how black can you get when it comes to the the magic i mean people murdering them yeah like sacrificing children i heard a little bit about that you know starting with animals but the people that sacrifice or do rituals involving children and i heard one humdinger of a a thing it was something about crowley and teaching people how to sacrifice children so that they can control their astral body to make them slaves like bullshit does it it doesn't go that far you know crowley i don't think that crowley would condone human sacrifice wow that's huge because a lot of people think that he is oh yeah they think he was the antichrist you know the yes exactly so the whole beast is nicknamed the beast mm. it it actually was kind of like his own humorous joke because when he was a child he was he he was an incorrigible child um he grew up in a very uh, uh strict religious household mm-hmm. and he you know he's you you've got a child in this really strict uh, almost puritanistic household wow and uh he's a genius and he's questioning everything so you know he's told well you know you, you take communion and it's it's the blood and the body of christ and he's like no this is bread and wine <laughs> you know unless unless jesus is bleeding wine this the, yeah. the, you know this isn't the blood of christ gotcha so um people tell him well you know, when he was a, a child, some the the only time I know of, at least in stories, that Crowley ever killed an animal intentionally, was his grandfather had told him that cats had nine lives, mm-hmm. so he tested it. Oh, didn't make it to number two. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I I don't think that there was what you would call. A evil 
like a Hitler evilly bone in the man's body. Gotcha. Um, he, he just was, he was a mad genius. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like, especially like in the OTO, the, the, the sacrifice that, that's being made in, in, in a great right um, is your orgasming. <laughs> Yeah, you know that's the sacrifice. You're you're, you're sacrificing your your body, <laughs> basically to to uh, uh, increase the power of your spell. Right. What a sacrifice! Like well, what what was them? Well, right. right. Like, and I think that's where you know guys like Jack Parsons and you know L. Ron Hubbard, even for that matter, came in and were like, oh yeah, this isn't so bad. I mean, think about it. Hold on. All man, the money that on. revolves. I get to sleep with that starlet. Yes. But I got to do it in front of everybody. Yeah. Well, well, I don't care about doing it in front of everybody. Let's just go. You can wear the goat head, but <laughs> you must do it in front of everybody. It, it, it's you know, <laughs> you know, Crowley even, and it's one of the things my wife hates because <laughs> I bring this up all the time. Mm-hmm. He did a series of uh, yoga uh, poses for a book that he wrote about yoga. And your wife's a yoga person, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, toward the end of his life so he's old right naked no way yes there are naked yoga photos of alistair crowley out there wow all you people who want to check that out i'm sure you can find them online that will not be on the shadow things video (laughs) (laughs) it's just you know so who does that okay who goes hey i'm gonna write a yoga book i'm gonna do these poses naked right i'm 70 years old i'm old wrinkly right flabby even hugh hefner knew to stay out of the pages of playboy you know what i mean well i mean and when did you ever see hugh that he wasn't in his robe that's true his smoking jacket he had old balls nobody wants to see that right Right. so he does this yoga just pictures well it's a book it's a book book about yoga and tantra oh gotcha you know and then he's got these naked poses in there of just him naked doing these yogic poses and it's it's yeah it's, people bought this book oh I, i'm sure that i'm sure they're collector's items wow you have no idea in the occult community how um how much money is out there for actual crowley stuff at auction christie's has yeah. crowley auctions interesting wow in fact we personally the two of us actually know and have worked with somebody who has some of Crowley's I, I have a feeling I know who you're talking about. That is so interesting. So there's a whole collectorship based around that. Yeah, there was there was a Christie's auction. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was probably toward somewhere around 2000 ish. Um, and our friend, actually, mm-hmm. the only person he was he kept getting outbid by on certain items was Jimmy Page. The Jimmy Page. The Jimmy Page. So what does that say about Jimmy Page? Well, Jimmy Page is a huge follower of, uh, of Crowley. Really? Um, That's another show. The, the, the main tenet in, in, um, in the OTO and in, in Crowley's belief system is that every man and woman is a star. Um, and that that means that you have an orbit. Mm-hmm. And that orbit is what, what's called will. And so, if you if you divert out of that orbit, you, let's say your orbit is to become the greatest guitarist alive. 
which is what Jimmy Page, Jimmy Page. believes. Right. And it, had he become a welder or a concrete worker or a bricklayer or whatever, he would have never excelled because mm-hmm. that wasn't his orbit. Right. Uh, so when when I like this people, orbit thing, people misquote Crowley all the time with the uh, "Do what thy wilt shall be the whole of the law." Love is the law. Love under will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, when you actually study what he's talking about and what he means, is he's saying, as long as you stay within the orbit, your will, the 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 will that that God put in you when He created you, mm-hmm. as long as you stay in that orbit, you're going to be fine. It's when we go outside of that orbit that bad crap happens to us. Even unintentionally yes i mean how do you know to stay in the orbit you know what i mean like oh you got to figure out what your orbit is that's that's the problem is figuring out what your orbit is what is your will so i i don't want to be a toilet bowl swabber for the rest of my life right so that's not my orbit so bad things happen to me because i swab toilets just say if i were a janitor (laughs) i guess in a sense yeah wow i mean that's kind of what what he's saying yeah, yeah. that's that's interesting and it, it's kind of funny coming from a guy like crowley who did so many different varied things throughout his life uh, uh he was a mountaineer um he's gonna say what do these people do for a living crowley well like, crowley uh, was mountaineer. wealthy <laughs> oh so he didn't need to do shit really. right yeah he, he was an aristocrat mm. so you know he, he was a poet um you, you can afford to be a poet yeah, if, if, yeah. Uh, he was a mountaineer. <laughs> okay. uh, he was one of the first uh, people to ever climb Kilimanjaro. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he used to hold a record. Wow. I just always pictured him sitting in a dark corner of a basement, you know, <laughs> with candles and shit. No, those are the... Never mind, I'm not going to say it, because... <laughs> because we gotta I don't want to offend people. we got to be good sometimes, right? Yeah, every once in a while. I was going to say cybersecurity people, but <laughs> I have some cybersecurity people that listen to this show. I know this exactly. is awesome. <laughs> no, that's the whole thing. <laughs> uh, that's why I didn't want, really want to go there. That's hilarious. Those are the people sitting in the basement. I mean, NORAD's underneath the ground. I mean, come on. Yeah, very true. No, Crowley bought castles and lived in castles. And wow, yeah, that's cool. Now going back to Parsons, so JPL got rid of him dropped him like a sack of hot potatoes yep understandably why i mean well like i mean well you explained it it. well yeah it's because you can't you can't found a nasa building down in cape canaveral named after parsons right right or are there things named after parsons there's a crater on the moon no shit the parsons crater yeah is it on the dark side of the moon at least it I is. believe it is. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to check that out. So they dropped him uh, because of what he did. So what was it about JPL that I mean, like literally, was it the the sex parties and the whole yeah um, going so against Christianity, or is no, that kind of um, especially? I mean, you're talking the 1940s, 1950s, and so you know. 
think Richie Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Think mom and dad. They're married. Mom stays home from work. Right. You know, she doesn't go out and work. She stays home, cooks, right. cleans, whatever. And here you got a guy who not only is married and not only is, is sleeps with whatever women he wants to sleep with, but his wife also sleeps with whoever she wants to sleep with. And like an open relationship. Look, yeah, a very, a very, very, yeah, open. very open relationship. Now, the the women that were involved, like you said, Parsons can have sex with whatever woman he wants. Were they involved with the OTO? Is yes. that how that works? Yes. So you had to be well. And I've actually heard Crowley described as one of the first feminists. Really? Yeah. Wow. He believed equal footing between the pre- high priest and high priestess. Mm. That they were on equal footing. So I mean. And you're talking about a guy who was born in, in in the 19th century, yeah. And he believes that there should be equal footing between a man and a woman. That's unusual thinking for someone born in the 19th right. century, for sure. So you know, think of the, your 1950s moral system. I mean, you're making it sound like Crowley's not such a bad guy. I don't think he was. I think he's misunderstood. I, I think like he's a this. little crazy and a little goofy, right? Uh, but I think for the most part, he was misunderstood. Yeah. I consider myself to be pretty normal, but then again, on the weekends, I watch Ghost Adventures, which is outlandish and ridiculous, and I feel I'm making a total joke, by the way. So, I, being a normal person and watching something like Ghost Adventures, where they flail around on the ground every two weeks because they're possessed, oh, uh, it, it makes me feel a little ridiculous myself. It could be worse. You could be watching Housewives of New Jersey or whatever. Mandy watches it. Hey, hey, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you got to pick and choose the reality shows that you're going to expose yourself to because yeah. uh, you can't get away from seeing some reality show. Now you can watch Dancing with the Stars or you know Masked Singer or whatever, but you're gonna you're gonna stumble on something that's a reality show. So Illuminati. Nothing uh, to do with OTO. Uh, other, that other goes than, way back, though. Way back. Other than some of the degrees within the, the degrees within OTO use the Illuminati name. So there are varying levels of degrees. Yes. Like Masonic. Very Masonic-like. Well, like an you order. Gotta, you've got to understand. So Crowley, uh, along with many, many of the other uh, 19th century occult people, uh um, a weight, um, which you know the Rider weight tarot card deck, which is the most famous one. Yeah. Um, so a weight, who was also a, a, an aristocratic, uh, poety person, um, all these guys were at at some point either associated with Masons, involved in masonry themselves and decided that hey you know there's some ancient mysteries that we don't really get into in in masons and i think we really need to look into these so Mm. they found different groups uh golden dawn um which then you know crowley's in the golden dawn for a while um some people say he was expelled from the golden dawn some people say he left of his own accord um then there's a group called uh, the AA, and it's not the same thing as Friends of Bill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not Friends of Bill W., but it's, it's a different AA, and <laughs> uh, Crowley kind of floats to AA, um, and some of these other people do, too, out of the Golden Dawn, and then from, hmm. from there, 
Crowley leaves the AA and starts OTO. Wow. So he had Crowley had a background in different organizations. In yeah. Well, and and so um, modern Wicca mm-hmm. traces its its roots back to Gerald Gardner, Gardenian, right? And Gerald Gardner actually knew Crowley. Really? Yeah, they were they they, they had a correspondence. Okay. Uh, which is a lot of the Gardnerian Wicca stuff is actually based off of Thelema Cole Crowley's. I did stuff. not know that. Well, and you know, I probably will get all That's kinds a, of hate. We over, do. We do have a, it, but it's true. I mean, and I mean, if it, you can follow hereditary lines of occultism. Are you saying that's not the narrative? It, they, it's not what modern Wiccans want the narrative to be. Can we say that? Because it might hurt their feelings. Yeah. Well, there's a big difference between you and modern Wiccans. Oh, absolutely. Huge. Yeah. Back when when we first met. Uh, you were involved in that. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. and I, I remember thinking of you as somebody even back then that that had such a profound understanding in Wicca, you know, and, and all that. But and looking at today, everything's like the craft and wearing black and burning candles and well, it's like that's not what we're talking about, right? Talking it, it, it was always kind of one of my my big pet peeves uh and i'm gonna hate on somebody that i probably shouldn't hate on but because he's been he's been gone for a long time but scott cunningham wrote a book called uh guide for the uh, solitary practitioner mm-hmm. and it's probably the worst book that people who are seriously wanting to study the occult can get don't don't check it out on amazon for 1995 um it 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 really dabbles in things and it it doesn't give the person enough education but then they think they can go out and start performing all these different rituals right. and, and and things and so there there's a lot of rituals that that uh people believe that you really shouldn't mess with until you get to a certain level of, of understanding and a certain practice which is why the OTO has the different degrees is you don't do certain things until you get to a certain level Really? That kind of makes sense. Like, right. that sounds fair to me. Uh, Jack Parsons, for example, when he was young, uh, had done uh, a ritual. Uh, he was trying to get in touch with a higher power and never completed the ritual. And then later on, when he was in the OTO, he tried to call Babylon. Um, I heard about this. And uh, never closed that ritual. That's why his face blew up. Well, I'm just going to no, say that. And and, and that is an a th- it, one of the theories within wow. cultism is that, and it's not just that. It goes deeper than that. After that, you see all kinds of things. After he performed that ritual and didn't close that door, the atomic bomb, the Cold War, all these things, they'll date back to Jack Parsons not closing that door properly. And that's why the world screwed up. Oh my God! That's why Putin is doing what he's doing, perhaps. All because you didn't close the door right. Yeah. Which then takes me to your last podcast. Let's talk about the Hellier episode. Let's be nice, but let's be real too. I have my criticisms. The the ritual at the end of season two. The night of Pan. One never should have been televised. 
Two, never should have been done. Wow. You've got... I, I, I don't know, Greg. I, I don't know his experience and his, his experience, his education level in occultism. And we're talking about Greg Newkirk. But you go out in the middle of, a, of the Kentucky wilderness into a cave. Right. And you start calling on beings that you don't know what they are. Who does that? Uh, I, like if, we- if, if you're... It, let's... A different example that has nothing to do with magic and the occult. Yeah. Would you go hunting for bears with bear urine on you? Like physically spread all over you? I wouldn't. No, but... But hunters hunters sometimes do that to no, bring the bear to them. Not on themselves, they don't put it. Well, deer piss, right? Like, they won't put it on themselves. What do they put the deer piss? I'm not a hunter. To put it on it, a tree or something? Yeah, you put it on a tree. And then go stalk over, the tree. <laughs> the, the tree that's over yonder, you put it there. The, the deer comes in smelling the doe urine. Right. And it's 50 yards away and you pop it. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. You don't put it on yourself because then the buck thinks you're a doe. And well, I won't do that next time. Chaos right? ensues. <laughs> and and that's that's kind of my point is, okay. is when you start going and doing rituals, and trying to call things that you don't know and you don't understand, it's kind of like putting dough urine on yourself and then not expecting the buck to think you're a doe. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, they closed out that ritual, though, right? To the best of their ability, I guess. Which To what I saw as far as what their knowledge of, of what they were doing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Would would Pan see it differently? Like you didn't tell me. I don't know. I don't know Pan. I'm coming for you. I don't know Pan. And I don't think they did either. You know, I think that was the whole Tyler Strand thing. Well, I think I let's go I, into the cave and my my take on Hellier is it, it's it's a it's a great drama show, but I think it's all made up. I think it was all done uh, in order to create a craze. Um, I think it was all done with the idea that hey. This is going to get our museum and us out there into other shows sure. and other things. Because I've I've recently seen the Newkirks on uh, Jeff uh, World according to Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum, yeah. And they mention their museum and they actually sure. show him uh, casts of big footprints that they have in their museum right, and stuff. Right. So you know I get it, but you know the craze thinking that this is oh yeah this is all real and and everything. And I'm not I. I haven't studied Mothman like you have. So, you know, the mentions of the Mothman stuff and the writers, the talking to the different writers that were involved in the, the, the Mothman mysteries sure. and stuff, I that stuff's lost on me. But then when they do the occult stuff, I'm like, hold on a second. Yeah, right. That's your wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mothman's not my wheelhouse. I, I've heard a lot of people say that, well, not a lot of people. I've heard people say that Hellier was created. Yes, yeah. a damn good story. It if, is. If it, it's, it, it's, if it's excellent. True. I mean, yeah. I watched it all the way through. I actually binge watched it. Like, I, I had to stop to go and eat because you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very tolerable, really, because of the filmmaking. Like, oh yeah, Carl uh, Pfeiffer's filmmaking. He's a genius. Cinematography is excellent, and and the cast. I really is felt great. like I was being Blair Witch though at the end. Yeah, I was really I was uncomfortable watching the Night of Pan, which is the last episode in season two. 
I was uncomfortable because I felt like I was a part of that ritual, and I didn't uh, want to be in that cave. A.O. Pan. Yeah. A.O. <laughs> A.O. Which is actually a, you know, Ode to Pan from Crowley starts A.O. Pan. Yeah. Probably not a good thing to be doing in a cave. Right? Out in the woods. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then you get, ironically, With, the name Parsons in Hellier. Well, yeah, and, and that, crazy? That, well, and it we came up several that. times. Yeah, you know, and that's what what cued me in. I was like, "Hold on, that building Parsons, Parsons, and that street's Parsons." Hold on, and you Parsons. had mentioned to me on the phone, "Why did they not speak about, you know, if they're all into ufology and occultism, um, and esoteric matters? Why, why not mention the connection to Parsons?" Now they mentioned Parsons being a name that's involved but i don't think they mentioned jack parsons in hellier i know no, they did no they didn't right um, which is kind of strange but you would think if you're you know like a real big science rocket science sort of person and you were also into the occult you'd be like hold on yeah there's a connection here Red talk flag. about the uh what do they constantly talk about in that show synchronicities, uh, synchronicities. there's a synchronicity why isn't that synchronicity mentioned? yeah because that could have been a whole other plot a whole other part of the it story. It could be season three. We don't know. It could be season three. We don't know. We don't even Is know there going to be a season three? I don't think so yeah. I, at this point. he's The, the new, new Kirks are working on uh, the build-out, which is... I've kind of read the, the summary of that. It's about... I don't want to misquote what it's about, but there's a trailer you can watch, and it's about some supernatural happenings to some girls that go four-wheeling in the desert. And it sounds good. I That's very vague, but... It sounds like it's going to be a good film, but they did a big uh, Kickstarter, or not a Kickstarter, but a GoFundMe. And Arizona, New Mexico. It's out in Nevada, I think. Nevada. I could be wrong. Oh, that's Area 51 crap. They got, <laughs> it could be Area 51, yeah. They they got the, the film finished bankrolling the film on Phenomenon Con, which they did, which is an online convention that the New Kirks put on. So they actually sold enough tickets to be able to finish the film which greg is they, executive they sold, produced. they sold tickets to an online to an online the th this is the third convention? annual phenomenon con how, how do yeah. you have a convention <laughs> online i guess it's pretty successful is there a showroom floor where you can go to the different vendors no i think it's just um speakers that get on how do you sign what tables do they have autographs signed at where's the popcorn right yeah what it's where's wildly play where's the cosplay <laughs> where's the pan uniforms no but it's it's wildly popular and successful people love it and they they got donations and so no, that's wonderful i mean it, i guess that's new media i and these and it started with the pandemic well, I mean, right yeah right. i mean but it goes back to you it saying still that still drives me crazy that Pe they people got to have contact with people. This this whole nonsense of not being, yeah, yeah. The human race is going to die as a species if we just keep staying at home. I, yeah, I I think those days a whole other topic, but those days are numbered. I think we're post COVID. Oh, I yeah. really do. There'll be something else, but nobody's going to mask up like they did before. I see. I seen an idiot walking around. It'll be another hundred years. Never mind. I'm not. Spanish gonna. flu was a hundred years ago. Yeah. It'll be another hundred years before people react the same way to another outbreak yeah. of something. Yeah. Hundred years. Yep. Yeah. I won't be around, but you uh, can mark your words. This podcast this episode will be around 
and unless we have a solar flare yeah and then we're my podcast is done <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah so now back to parsons a little bit he um so jpl and all that it, w- it is the most interesting part to me like well he you're, was, you're science ufo yeah it's guy. so like and i never caught on to that but like is there any other similar connections between such a figure or a you know a, a nonfiction person, a, a real person in another organization that we could attribute? Like, is there a name, a guy named Jim Bob that was a part of the FBI that practiced Satanism, or do, can you compare this relationship in another sense? Well, it depends on the uh, act. I, I don't have any factual data. There's a lot of conspiracy well, theories out there. Well, let's conspirize a little bit. You know, like, uh, what was that? It was one of Obama's cabinet members, and uh, the guy from Lincoln Park was his stepson or whatever. And Oh, I did hear that, too. Yeah, I mean, you and, know, and that's supposedly some sort of weird satanic inside oh. the government cult that's really running the world. The New World Order. Yeah, the New World Order. And right. They're, they're, they're the, you know baby kidnappers you know wow and, and sacrificing and kumar babies. from harold and kumar was part of his cabinet did you know that no it was like a press secretary's assistant yeah the actual well, why um, didn't they just make him the the drug czar <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry libertarian wants to end the drug war yeah most useless war this country's ever fought <laughs> oh man Let's flush yep. millions of dollars down the toilet every year. <laughs> Literally. Literally. I think that, like like uh, post-COVID, is coming the way of the dodo bird, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're putting it in the hands Actually, of the states. I, on my way down here, there was a commercial on the radio about how to easily get your medical marijuana card. Yeah. I we was got, like, what? We got billboards up around this town about where you can buy your supplies well, they, at. You know, in this town, they'd rather have the people smoking pot than smoking that. So, <laughs> I think they're losing. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, meth down here and what have you. But, um, yeah, just a real spooky topic altogether. You know, you got somebody who founded modern rocket science that was in a cult. You know, in deeply the, in the occult. Yeah, like I guess that's what I wanted to kind of get out. Like, how deep? Not that it matters because the government dropped him. You know, he's out of. He's he's yeah. not going to have another building. He might have a crater well, named after him. But uh, there used to be uh, a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps that was the head of the Temple of Set back in I don't know the eighties, early nineties. Okay. So I mean, and the Temple of Set is a Satanist organization. But here's the thing: people are people. Right. No matter who People you are. People practice religion. Yes. And and it's not Even just... Even atheists practice religion. Yeah, for sure. It's not It's not just Christianity. No. There are, I mean, it could be this red cup here, uh, cuppianity. I mean, but it's not a solo cup. If that, oh, that's true. If it was a solo cup, there's even a song, <laughs> which you could sing as a hymn. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's what we do on Shadow Things. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you. I mean, you're gonna find people do do what they do, no matter what their professional life is or their public life. 
you know, Jack Parsons just happened to be that mad scientist that liked to uh, have orgies yeah. and dabble in the old, I, don't, I, I won't say the Ouija, but, you know, a little bit deeper than the Ouija. Uh, ritualism a lot deeper, a lot uh, deeper. Yeah. so so you don't think parsons was a number one evil no didn't sacrifice people he didn't practice what you would what modern uh, belief systems would classify categorize as black magic well i mean it depends on which belief system you're talking about a fundamentalist christian is going to tell you catholics practice well, black magic yeah it's all black right right if, if you don't go to their church you're wrong Right. Which is exactly the opposite of the message Christ was sending people. <laughs> yeah. So, but Parsons wasn't as bad as some people might, you know, have heard. Well, Listen, maybe they sought out this podcast to see how fucked up this guy was. But really, what you're saying is he's just kind of a wacky guy that liked to have sex and blow shit up. Yeah. And he followed Crowley. It, well, which, but it, you know, think about that. You like to have sex and you like to blow shit up. Sounds like the typical American male to me. Yeah, actually. I mean, firecrackers, fireworks. Yeah. I mean, Fourth of July, man. What's what's so bad about this Parsons guy? Well. In a pear tree or wherever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, 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 you know, J. Edgar Hoover didn't like the fact that he was in the position he was in. J. Edgar Hoover liked to run the country from from the FBI agency, and uh, you know, uh, you know, people talk about the deep state today, like this deep state exists. It's only deep now because J. Edgar Hoover's dead. When he was alive, everybody knew the FBI'd get you if they thought you were doing something right. wrong. I mean, how, Charlie Chaplin right. flees the country because. You know they don't like his sexual morals, and they also don't like his uh, his politics. So he flees, he moves to France. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the greatest Hollywood legends, and he ends up over there because the FBI wants to drag him in front of Congress and the Un-American Activities Committee. Wow. You know, they ruined millions of people's lives, and it, you know we we see and hear about all the Hollywood people. But you don't hear about the people who worked at Boeing, right. the people who worked at Northrop Grumman, right. that went through the same thing. Because, well, Lucille Ball, there's actually a, a, a oh, wow. um, movie about that with Lucille Ball that's on either Disney Plus or Prime right now. Um, her, her father, I think it was, or her grandfather, was actually a socialist. He, he was part of the Socialist Party in the United States. Gotcha. Um, so, because when she was a teenager... And she marries a Cuban. Well, but that was Cuba. That Cuba's a, uh, a very odd story <laughs> because he's the old Spanish aristocracy mm -hmm. that was running Cuba pre the Freedom Revolution in Cuba. Mm -hmm. And they moved to the United States fleeing the... the, the setting up of the democratic government in cuba that castro that overthrows gotcha yeah so they were his his uh desi mm -hmm. Arnaz's, uh father was like mayor of san uh santo whatever one of the yeah. cities in cuba Dominico or whatever yeah yeah so <clears throat> anyway lucille ball they drag her 
over to the un-American activities because her relative was a socialist and she had gone to a couple of meetings when she was a teenager. Yeah. Well, going to a couple of meetings and actually being a member of the party are a completely different story. Right. You know? Right. But yet, yeah, it almost ruined. Yeah. We wouldn't have I Love Lucy. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I knew about the the socialist connection, but how, how it affected her. But like I said, I mean, it wasn't just these actors and actresses that, that we all know and love. There, there were literally thousands and thousands of people throughout the United States that lost high-level uh, security clearance jobs uh, because their cousin's uncle's brother was a commie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just to add to your point, um, I, and I can't say who on the air, I'll tell you off the air, but I have a family member that is a government contractor. And, and I won't even say the sex, but this person... Oh, my mic. <laughs> I'll edit that out. Um, this person is um, involved in... Man, how much can I say here? Involved in some uh, things that touch on Project Blue Book. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, even to this day, like... I got to be careful about what I'm saying, but when he got there, there I went. He one when, day when she you got to watch your pronouns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they when they especially in a Target restroom. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> um, when he already let the cat out of the bag, got his position, I was subject to a FBI all all of the family. Oh, absolutely yeah, scrutiny yeah. and yeah background. He was like asking me for information you know social and and he told me why and he's got to get a secret security clearance and all this stuff but obviously i won't say who he works for on the air but um yeah very much so like they run you through the ringer guilt by association you know and i understand part of that but as a kind of a from a patriot standpoint how how deep do you go you know with with protecting uh, so what about your liberties? It's just like with the military, you know, uh, back in the day, you know, adultery was a court martialable offense in the military. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Well, people think, or the government, anyway, believed that if you would cheat on your wife, you'd cheat on your country. You know, that you, you don't have the moral standing that would make it, make you not, you know. Right. That... You're, you're susceptible to all kinds of blackmail at that point. Mm. And, you know, so there's a whole string of things, you know. It's it's just like uh, banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I work, I work for a major bank. I don't directly work for right. them. I work for a subcontractor. Um, but there's a huge background check that they do on us employees yeah. also. I went through the same background check. Right. Yeah. I mean... You, and I mean, honestly, it was probably one of the scariest things of my life because I'm looking at going to work for this place, and yeah. if if I get it, my my economic situation is going to be hugely improved. What what are they going to find in my background? Mm-hmm. You know, and how closely are they looking? Yeah, and, what are you looking at? Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> what are you looking at? And it's the same sort of thing. I mean, you you've got it. So you got a guy who isn't exactly the 1940s, 1950s moral character. Mm-hmm. 
and J. Edgar Hoover, who was allegedly this pinnacle on the hill, which we know now he isn't, um, <laughs> runs the guy through the ringer. Yeah. Wow. You know, he might be, you know, when, when he's performing the uh, Great Right with these uh, several different women at different mm -hmm. times, he might be giving national secrets away. That's crazy. Who has the time? Yeah, look what you're doing. I mean, it's not like General Petraeus sitting there with his, his <laughs> girlfriend, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's so crazy, this this whole topic. Let me ask you kind of a... Uh, it's, it's in the same category, but it's kind of fringy, I guess. So do you think there are... Do you think the government... So the government shut down Parsons, kicked him out of JPL, right? So he's no longer affiliated with... Uh, the federal government and he goes down the ringer and gets his face blown off and all this because the government you know he had to go work for Hollywood yeah um, probably would have had a, a long career you know in space uh, had that not happened but we'd probably be on Mars yeah no we and, and probably there there are people who who know the story and talk about the story they they haven't completely shunned Jack Parsons from the world that say that had he lived and had he stayed with JPL that we would probably have a base on Mars we definitely have base on the moon Wow uh, because that's that's how much of a drive he had toward colonizing our solar system uh, he that's it was his main motivation and he pushed and pushed for everybody to have the same, you know, perspective that this is, you know, this is what we were meant to do was was not yeah. just live on this planet for the next four billion years, but to actually get out there, you know, because in four billion years the sun's going to expand and we're all exactly. So it'll be right here. If if we don't get off this planet, the human race is gone. Yeah. So you know, the drive, his drive was to get us off the planet. Right. So colonize the universe. It kind of leads me to a sub question. Do you think Elon Musk is having ritualistic sex and some? No, I I bet that Pasadena Elon Musk wish, wishes he were. Um, I think he, he can. No, I, I actually don't think he wishes he were. He sounds. He, Parson he, sounds like Elon Musk of the day with his drive into space. You know. Uh, uh, well, I I I I think that probably. A genius. I I think that probably there intelligence wise on uh, probably an even keel um, wow different avenues yeah um, yeah the thing with elon is that i mean though though he does have an engineering background and stuff he's very good at picking teams um if, if you actually look at him and the way he structures his businesses and things um well so Donald Rumsfeld, mm. uh, I saw an interview with Rummy. him one time, and uh, they were asking him why there was there was so much turnover during Obama's administration as president, and and you know they didn't they didn't see the same thing with George W. Bush's administration, the right. previous administration, and and uh, even though everybody knew that in George Bush's administration there was a lot of disagreement. Colin Powell didn't get along with Donald Rumsfeld and nobody got along with Cheney and Cheney shooting people on hunting trips. Right. Uh, 
So, you know, they asked Donald Rumsfeld, well, why is it that, you know, you see all this turnover going on in, in the Obama administration? Is it internal disputes? What do you think's going on? And he said, I can tell you exactly what it is, and that is A's hire A's and B's hire C's. Wow. Huh. So successful people hire other successful people to work for them because it becomes the drive to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, where people who are mediocre hire people who are even less because they don't want to be outshined by someone. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, I, and, that, and it breaks that down all life over. and everything. Yeah. I mean, really, as far as, as employment, um, sometimes even friendships. I mean, yeah. It, we we tend to coalesce with people who are like us, right? You know, rather than you know, uh, I I know I don't keep a friend around that's stupid. No, I mean I don't kick uh, him to the curb. You know, I mean get out of here, bozo. I mean, what's that make you? That makes you a bully, right? So why would you do that? Um, so I think that Elon Musk just is extraordinarily good at building teams. Yeah, he can spot in people what he wants and i don't know how the hell he does it because i mean i used to manage business and you do an interview you you look at somebody's cv until you get the interview you're looking at the cv so the cv is what qualifies the person and the interview is actually supposed to see if this person's going to be a match right what what physical cues body language or whatever is elon musk seeing that is cueing him that this person is going to be what he needs because the cv that that that's the guy's qualifications mm-hmm. or girl's qualifications mm-hmm. let's be politically correct right. um <laughs> um so now he sits down in an interview with this person he knows the cv they get talking i mean that's that's what you got to do in an interview you get talking well okay this guy's cv yeah but he's a dimwit so mm-hmm. no i'm yeah, passing right, on him you right. know He's got all the you know educational qualifications, but I mean, did he get them from uh, Stanford or did he get them from Cracker Jack? Yeah, or the CV could be completely fictional and made up to get that interview. Yeah, uh, and Elon's good enough to say, well, well, you can tell. That's why we do interviews with yeah. people is to met out the bullshit. Yeah, and and not to get too far into Elon Musk, but Elon Musk. Um, sounds like a he's a visionary like Parsons. Yeah, he wants to put us on Mars. Yeah, for sure. Which I think are all good things. And and I've also heard Elon say, if we don't get off this planet, our species is doomed. And he doesn't say that because of overpopulation, because he doesn't he doesn't buy that crap. Yeah, but, right, right. Well, and he, and you shouldn't buy that. Well, yeah. Um, backtracking a little bit more, so. And I, I've said this like five times. I'm trying to get to something. Uh, I've told you a hundred times. I digress, and I can <laughs> I can go down so all topics. kinds of different pathways. So it, it you know, you, every once in a while you got to reel me back in, get me back on subject. Yeah. Well, I do the same thing, but it's all good stuff. But uh, Parsons get, gets kicked out of JPL. Yeah. Do you think that in today's world with black budgets? that the government secretly spends money on things that are a little blacker than people realize. And I'm not talking about like defense spending. Do you think the government, and this is really fringy, this is really deep down conspiracy. Men in black. Even further than that, 
I'm talking about like magic. I'm talking about like ritualism and you know things that um, you know like is there a secret organization that the government bankrolls to fund some agenda behind the scenes like the new world order but is it does it tie into esoteric thing is it is other it, than bohemian grove i don't think so there's so there's nothing spooky that we're spending no, and money I, on and, and i think the bohemian grove is 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 a farce i i think it's just you know that could a, be a whole show too it, it's a it's a boys club for for rich american aristocracy because let's let let's not kid ourselves there is such a thing as american aristocracy yeah. like the crowley's over here right even though there's not supposed to be yeah um you know we don't give titles of nobility right but um there's still an aristocracy that is built through you know being rich you know rich people powerful people they get together they go camping at bohemian grove they they light up this giant owl it freaks out the conspiracy theorists which even makes it better for them that they love it even more because <laughs> hey look look this goofball's just done a whole podcast about bohemian grove right right you know haha yeah and pe people sitting outside the gates to bohemian grove with with secret hidden cameras trying to watch who goes in and yeah. you know <laughs> it, it i that's the closest to any kind of weird ritualistic thing that I think goes on in the government. I think that there is a, a group also of that American aristocracy that isn't necessarily in the public eye positions within the government, hmm. but deputy directors, subdirectors of different departments that are actually running the show that uh, have secret hit squads and things like that. Yeah. That, that uh, yeah. you know, if they want to shut you up, you're shut up. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of little things you got to think about. I mean, things like uh, in the United States annually, about fifty thousand people disappear, never seen again. Right. Well, what, what the hell? Where, where, where they've never seen again? Where the hell did they go? And they didn't all. And a uh, lot of them in national parks. Well, I was going to say, and not every one of them was hiking the Appalachian Trail. Exactly. Yeah. Which don't hike the Appalachian, Appalachian Trail. Trail. I mean, I'm a nature lover, but I would never hike. The Appalachian Trail. So many people die or disappear. Yeah. And if you hear banjos in the trees, <laughs> especially dueling banjos, you know. Well, but, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you ever look up the Appalachian Trail deaths and stuff, it's crazy. Yeah, for Serial sure. killers follow the Appalachian Trail and murder people. It's yeah. like, are you serious? Right. It's not just Daniel Boone with the hat on. I mean, yeah. there's freaky people out there. But, um. So, yeah, I do believe that inside the government, they're, they're, there are people. I mean, I, you look at uh, uh, not George W. Bush, his dad. George I can't keep up with all the Bushes, but yeah. there's another Bush running. Uh, anyhow, not Jeb. No, it's uh, Billy. I, I forget. <laughs> this is sorry. P. Bush, George P. Oh. I don't know who that is. But oh, anyhow. Um, but George Herbert Walker Bush was actually uh, a deputy director of the CIA. Right. Yeah. You know, and then you know. Out of the blue, he's he's vice president. <laughs> they, there's an attempted assassination attempt uh, on the uh, the president at the time, and it just so happens the very night that uh, the assassination attempt happened that night, Neil Bush, Herbert Walker Bush's son, was actually supposed to be having dinner with uh, um, John Hinckley Jr.'s brother. Get out of here! No. Because the Bush family and the Hinckley family knew each other. 
they vacation in the same areas. They wow. were friendly families. And it just so happens that, you know, this dude freaks out yeah. over Jodie Foster. Yeah. Um, and then tries to kill President Reagan. But right. it's got nothing to do with the fact that his family is friends with the Bushes. Right. Wow. And that, that Jodie Foster. Uh, that, that Ronald Reagan beat George Herbert Walker Bush out for the nomination of the Republican presidency of, in 1980. And, you know, Bush believed he should have gotten the nomination. Well, what's the best thing to do? Whack the guy, then you are, because you're the oh, vice president. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if I have to bleep that out of the Shadow Things podcast. Oh, that's just Talking one of those like, conspiracy theories. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so fascinating. Well, I, I had an argument with a guy at work. Um, a week or so ago over over conspiracy theories he's like you're always talking about all these different conspiracy theories you know none of them are true and i said i can name at least one that's true that's been a conspiracy theory for decades and now the government's come out and said no no it's true we're talking about ufos, UFOs. yes and everybody man i gotta have you back on a ufo uh podcast episode but and everybody knows that i mean they they had blue book back in the day and this is a whole show well, oh but, but but blue book that after at the end of it they come out and say well there's all natural I mean, phenomena how and, how fucking stupid do they think the american public really is or the world well, i mean honestly, you can't say we're studying them and then they don't exist it's a honestly i think that the biggest mobile. mistake that all governments ever make is thinking a that the people are stupid or b that they're too weak and that's why you have revolutions that overthrow governments yeah. is because the government takes people for granted and they think, oh, these people are too stupid or too lazy or too weak. Right. And, and you need the government. Yeah. That's and they, they you want. need them. Right. More than they need you. Right. Because they need you. The government needs you. They need you out working. They don't need you sitting at home not working. Right. They need you out working because that's where their tax revenue comes from. Sure. That's how they can do what they do and that's how congressmen get paid i mean they don't just invent money out of the air your tax dollars are paying your senator's salary they're paying your house of representatives salary that deputy director of the cia some portion of his pay is coming from you yeah for sure yeah and they should have left jack parsons where he was they could all have been very uh lucrative um you know bankrolls it, it doesn't do anything for the deep state if we're off planet it's hard enough for them to control the people in the United States, let alone if we were living on Mars, too. Do you think that the governments will ever try to race to colonize the moon to be that first? Uh, and not just a space race. I'm talking about the moon is ours kind of shit. I don't know about that because, one, I'm su suspicious on why we've never been back. I mean... What was it? Five, Ooh. five, six, seven Apollo missions go to the moon, and then, and then all of a sudden, dead, dry. What? And what? that weirdly, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't planned. They had more Apollo missions planned. They just gave them up at one point. Yeah, and then they they throw Skylab in there. And it's not like the moon's not interesting after seven missions or how many ever. You know. Well, when you're when when you talk about the formation of the moon, where'd the moon come from? Allegedly, the moon broke off from the Earth. Mm -hmm. All right. A lot of moon theories, too. Right. Yeah. So if the moon broke off from the Earth, like modern science's narrative says, then every mineral that we have here on Earth 
every element that we have here on Earth should is be on potentially the moon. on the moon. Right. It depends on how it it broke off because if it cataclysmically got shot off by something hitting the Earth right. hard, then yes, An it's ejection. definitely going to. Right. Uh, but if it's somehow how coalesced. There's a possibility that the heavier elements just stayed here on Earth. So things like gold and, and platinum and stuff stayed here, here on Earth. Right. Um, and all the, you know, like beach sand and shit's up there. Yeah. So, and your professional... Kurt uh, there's no professional, opinion. but... And your Kurt opinion, is the moon an alien base? No. Fuck. Now, is there... Are there aliens that have a base on the moon? That's a different question. Oh, I've seen some good... Now, the moon being an actual... Like physical board, like a Death Star. Yeah, Death Star. You know, Borg spaceship. They don't have Leia up in a jail cell. You know, saying we're gonna take God. out. Fuck. <laughs> no. Um, a lot of people believe that that uh, it's an artificial are, satellite. I, yeah, there are people. But sure. They're probably also the same people who are susceptible to flat Earth theories. Right. Right. You know, I'm sorry. I've been up in a jet plane. Yeah, and you can see you can see the, the curvature, curvature of the Earth. Earth. For, it, for sure. it doesn't take much. I mean, uh, you can get to some of the higher mountains on Earth and yeah. actually see the yeah. curve of the Earth. I've been to 50,000 feet on a cross-country flight, I think, about 50,000. And you could certainly see that it's not flat. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's nothing flat. Uh, which would be a good show. I would like to bring on a flat Earther or someone who thinks that the, the moon landings never happened. And oh, I actually have a friend that believes the moon landings never oh, happened. Oh, we got to get him right over there in that chair. It would be awesome. That would be great. I, I would be very professional if you're listening to this, by the way. He, he actually might be. You see how I lean in like Joe Biden yeah. and kind of whisper to the people? Whisper? Yeah. All right. Just don't start sniffing them. <laughs> yeah, so... Man, I, I got to get you back on some more episodes yeah uh, we 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 could we could easily spend hours and hours talking about all kinds of stuff hour and a half is not enough yeah, for sure uh, but um because mostly because of my tangents you know <laughs> and you're great at asking questions that really take me off yeah i i'll try to bring you back because I, I know what the show topics are right but you gotta you gotta go off on different avenues to to really make it interesting you know what oh, i mean yeah, like there's sure. so much more to talk about and it could stem off of it could spiral into other show ideas you oh know, for and, sure and get people thinking that's listening to this podcast um you know you're talking about um well just all kinds of other things but people could research on their own and just say hey i'm gonna make a, my own podcast about that which is great which is why i like to do this i just like to talk you know, I'm not trying to get famous off well, this podcast. I, I, well, I also don't think that you're trying to become the next best paranormal podcast. You're, you're doing your thing. Dime a dozen. Well, they really are. Yes. They really For are. Sure. So you don't want to be the same. I, I got a good studio, though. Yeah, you got a kicking yeah, studio. Yeah, I, I like it down here. but um, And it's in a subterranean uh, level of a uh, decommissioned nuclear silo in the middle of Nebraska. Bunker. But don't, t yeah, don't tell anybody about the bunker. <laughs> the kitchen's right upstairs too <laughs> but um yeah it was good having you on um we'll do it again but um anything else that we didn't cover about parsons that we could lay out there or maybe lead into another show at some point the guy was just fucking awesome i mean it just sounds like 
he had <laughs> sex and he, he was built he was wronged. Yeah, he was definitely <clears throat> he was a pioneer of rocket science. Uh, we wouldn't have a space program without him, and right. and a few Nazis. Um, but it's true. I made Operation Paperclip. Uh, yeah. Another conspiracy theory that was around for decades that turned out to be true. Um, so, you know, all these Nazi scientists that we, we brought over and then guys working at JPL. <clears throat> so, you know, that's really why we made it to the moon is because, yeah. you know, people like Jack Parsons and a few Nazis. Right. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. No matter what you think about Parsons or Crowley or two different people, but the association is one of the same. Well, the, the, the odd thing was that he was never brought up that he was associated with Crowley. Uh, as a reason to pull his his uh, uh, security clearance, and I can tell you why, because Crowley worked for the British government during World War II. Oh wow! Hmm. Wonder if he knows Nick Pope, the Ministry of Defense guy that is on all the UFO shows. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, Crowley knew Ian Fleming. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. I'm sure. So Crowley was a celebrity in his own right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Huge. Yeah. Very cool. So Jack Parsons got an episode under the belt. Uh, Next episode of the Shadow Things podcast, we're talking about something that uh, is pretty close to my heart and experience. We're going to be talking about the Mothman. And, um, you know, some of the things that I've experienced with that whole uh, line of research and happenings involving my family and all that good jazz. And, Kurt, you know a little bit about that. And, but it goes so much deeper, and there's things I haven't told you, and there's things I haven't told my daughter or my wife. And there's some good things coming out. I'm actually doing a um, – I think I told you about this, but – documentary here shortly uh somebody's filming a cryptid documentary so i'll answer some questions in that not go too deeply but there's some things that i need to talk about it's going to be a good show next time on shadow things but for now kurt appreciate you coming to the studio to the bunker in nebraska (laughs) it's fun again this is awesome yeah so we'll do it last time i wasn't in studios yeah but you sounded good yeah that was a great show too but uh you can't beat sex and rockets you know i mean so uh, good having you here and we'll we'll uh we'll have you back awesome very good so that's it folks Thanks for joining us on this special episode of the Shadow Things Podcast. Join us in 1.5 weeks for our next show. Until then, you can send us an email at talk at shadowthings.net or visit us on the web at shadowthings.net proper. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Also, find our podcast at your favorite podcast distribution points such as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Thanks again for listening, and as a reminder, stay in the light and out of the shadows.